Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. And this is Song vs. Song. And this week we are doing... Actually, hold on. Why don't we let you do this one, Lena? You do the honors. Oh, man. Welcome to the Tragic Kingdom, everybody. (laughs) It's 2022 and it is garbage. Uh, <laughs> we are doing no doubt it's just a girl versus garbages stupid girl why are we doing these two songs todd is there really a justifiable reason other than they came out roughly the same time and they both have girl in the title well i was gonna ask you because this is one you have been pushing for since forever in fact in the comments i got someone pointing out they've pinpointed the episode where you first brought this up. This was back in episode 13 in May of 2019. That's amazing. Are you, I didn't know that there was a time before 2020. First of all, (laughs) are you sure a 2019 you say, Hmm. and we've been doing this for three years. I don't believe that. I I actually think we're closer to four. I have bad news for you. (laughs) We've been doing it a long, long time. It's a lot of fun. Um, yes. All right. Uh, let's introduce our guest first before oh, I, we got a guest in the audience. Is it? Yes. Cause there's somebody else. I don't, I felt like, um, there was no way I could do this without one of my absolute favorite people and best friends in the world. Vita, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Vita Ayala. Uh, and, uh, I just wandered into the studio. So, <laughs> Oh, is that what yeah. happened? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Wandered good. into our Zoom studio. I've That's been it. advocating through Lena for this episode to happen, regardless of whether I was going to be on it or not, because I think it's a really interesting uh, pairing of songs. You were always going to be on this episode. This was, this was never in question. It was always okay. going to be this way. All right. Well, you suggested this three years ago on the podcast, and you have not stopped recommending this one for the podcast, and we are finally doing it. And you said you didn't know why. No, I do know why. So the answer is, um, this is, I mean, this is an episode purely for me. And I feel like people that were sort of, I mean, it's very time and place, right? Mm -hmm. It's like 95, 96. And if you're a a certain kind of person, there are two wolves inside of you. And one of them (laughs) is Gwen Stefani and the other one is Shirley Manson. And by that, I mean, one one of them wants to be Gwen Stefani and the other one wants to be Shirley Manson. But neither of your wolves is cool enough to be either. Like they're striving. I disagree. They want that. I oh, really? That, I don't know. I think know, that Shirley man. Manson is able to just reach inside all of us and give us a little bit of her cool. I, I mean, I love that as a, I mean, like, I, I mean, she is Skynet, right? So, like, oh, that's true. She is, I mean, what a strange, yes. She Wait, te- what? She technically, well, she was a, she Sarah was a Terminator. That's right, oh. baby. It's the, the second of only two seasons of Sarah. She killed that show. That's not true. That um, is not true at all. She was no, she, she's <laughs> one of my favorite Terminators. Um, but yes, so that is the real reason. It just, I, I guess in a way, these are both girl anthems of the time, but really it was just that Tragic Kingdom and that self-titled Garbage album were probably two of the records that I listened to on a loop the most in like 95, 96, just constantly. Like these two were, were in the, I think more in heavy rotation than almost anything else by like a lot. And so, yeah, I mean, like they just, Gwen and Shirley, they just, to me, they represented like two kind of sides of what like the pop, punky, grungy era, alt genre was. Like the two, the two, the two genders of alt girl. (laughs) were these two. 
and that's sort of why I, I, I picked them. I could, I guess we could have done just a girl versus like a bigger hit, but again, like they both have girl in the title. I've rambled a lot. Trust yeah. me. Well, I, I knew like when I first started getting into music, which was a, a few years after these albums came out, like I remember associating the two with each other, like Shirley and Gwen, like, you know, Brittany, Christina, Zeppelin versus Sabbath, that kind of thing. Like it was no doubt. And it was garbage, which, you know, 20, 25 years later, I'm looking back and I'm like, does that really make sense? Do these two bands have actually that much in common besides female front men in, uh, in 90s alt rock? I feel like they were at the time as well compared heavily, even if just the sound, you might not think that they were actually in the same subgenre, right? Like, I feel like because of that reason, right? Like they were, I don't want to use terms like girl power because that's not it, because that's not garbage. <laughs> that is not garbage um, in any way, shape or form, but they were both. Although now, although now wait a minute, just imagine for a moment that no, Shirley Manson was in the Spice Girls and she <laughs> no. was Scottish Spice. No, absolutely not. I would Come never on. do that to her. I love the Spice Girls, but I would never do that to her. Um, I don't know. If you fo- if you photoshopped out Jerry and put in Shirley Manson, how quickly do you think people would notice? That like, is a different band. That's a, listen, that's a pretty, I would that's listen a to that vibe, band yeah. as well. But like that's... that's no, musically, yeah. they would be very different, but just the picture of it. But like now, you, I'm, now I'm kind of imagining more like, what if you made a, a super group and Gwen Stefani's in it and Shirley Manson's in it? Who else is in that super group? If you're making a super group from that time, Alanis who else Morissette, goes in? For sure. Oh, Cheryl gosh. Crow. Gotta put some Cheryl oh, Crow in man. There. Cheryl Crow would be amazing. Be pretty, oh. be I don't pretty know. There cool. were like, there were a lot of 90s alt chicks, but there, there, there weren't quite so many as colorful as Shirley and Gwen, you know? Like most of the 90s chicks, I, I think they're like Jewel, where they were like, you know, very, you know, dressed Cr- down. Crunchy, crunchy granola. But that's like the, that jewel and like people like that were very, although I guess maybe Cheryl Crow as well, but I would argue not. It was like, I'm a singer songwriter and this is what I'm doing. Whereas like garbage is like garbage and like no doubt. Yes, there, there were like three other people or other people like, you know what I'm saying? Like they seemed like, well, there was a whole album about how no doubt fell apart, but um <laughs> Uh, they kept making too. yeah whole video kept making music after that anyway but i feel like the energy behind both gwen and shirley was it, there was a cohesion of the band that you don't for sure get i think that's sort of like, that's actually a really interesting starting place although by the by the way the, the thing about the thing that sort of unites jewel and alanis which or, or jewel and uh and cheryl crow particularly is that like they are both, like you said, singular. Like they kind of feel like they're of themselves singer songwriters. The thing that separates them is that Jewel sounds like she's in a coffee shop, and Cheryl Crow sounds like she's on the corner of Sunset Boulevard, right, with like the guitar case open. If this was a different episode, I would definitely be talking about how I prefer one over t'other. But like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Agree, agree. And we both know which one it is. Anyway, Correct. that's that's for another time. But all right, so here's the thing that I wanted to start with, which I think is kind of interesting. Before we actually, you know what? I lied. Let's pick. Let's just say what the songs are first and then we'll get in. Hand on Heart, Vita, if you're going to pick one of the two, which one is it? Stupid Girl, without a doubt, with no doubt. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> um, I, I want to, like, before we get into this, because I know that sometimes it get, we get, you know, like when we talk about music, Lena and I will get like really down to the bone. I do want to say that I like them both. Like, I, I know the lyrics to both of them. I will sing them a karaoke, like, 
But if I had to pick one, it's definitely Supergirl. Todd? Um, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I like I had both these albums and I certainly wore them out. Uh, Just a Girl was by far my least favorite of the, the No Doubt singles. Like, I like, I love Don't Speak and Spiderwebs and even Sunday Morning and Excuse Me, Mr. A lot more than I liked uh, Just a Girl. So for me, it, it's uh, it's garbage also. Well, I, I my pick is the band Garbage, not that Just a Girl <laughs> is garbage, but that's going to get very confusing over the course of this, or this podcast. That was one of my favorite things at the time about loving that band. My mother's <laughs> just pure confusion. <laughs> She'd be like, what are you listening to? Oh, Garbage. No, but what? Wait, <laughs> it's a very 90s name, let's say. All right. Well, that the two of us have spoken. Is anyone going to stand up for no doubt? I mean, here's the thing. Like, Shirley Manson is so cool. That Shirley Manson w- was the person I wanted to be in high school. And I even the songs that I think were not as popular on on the self-titled album were ones that I just absolutely adored. I just loved that whole thing back to front. It's such a cool, cohesive, well-produced Butch Fig record. I also didn't like Just a Girl at the time. In fact, I really disliked it when it first came out, and it was only um, Spiderwebs was the song that turned me around on No Doubt. Like, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I love this. And then I picked up Tragic Kingdom And what was interesting about that album was that songs that I hated on first listen grew on me because that album is all over the place. That is not a cohesive record. Like, that album just jumps from place to place to place. Like, I remember in the mid-90s, the insult to No Doubt was they're not a real ska band. (laughs) Who gives a f- Oh my god! But we did. Uh, but remember, at the time, Scott was like the, the genre business. du jour. Like people yeah. really cared about that stuff, and so they were like, "This was the sellout era, right?" Like, oh, like they sold out. They're not a real ska band, you know. There's literally a ska song called "Sellout" by Real Big Fish, so we know how much that mattered to people at that time and and that genre in particular. But of course, now you look back on it and you go like, but that was the good thing about them, that they were so willing to experiment, that they were willing to play so much with genre and style. I saw, I think everybody assumed that I was going to say Stupid Girl. I assumed the exact opposite. I I assumed you were going to be our no doubt defender here. Same. I'm going to say a lot of good things about Garbage, but if it's head to head on the song front, Yes, I am picking Just a Girl Grew on Me, just like the rest of the the songs on that album I didn't like at first did because I started to appreciate the complexity and weirdness of Gwen Stefani as a person. And I started to realize um, the quality of the music on that album, the overall musicianship of No Doubt as a band. That is, as an opening salvo, an incredible band. Those Everybody in that band is outstanding unbelievably talented people and i don't think any of them get the credit that they deserve they certainly didn't think so yeah and i and i agree like that was so like that's sort of let me say this this was the thing that i wanted to say from the start hand on heart be honest with yourself and with the world if i had said to you of these two bands no doubt and garbage one of these bands has a front woman who was selected was brought in to be a front woman and the other one was the last remaining person from the original lineup of the band. Which one do you think would be which? I think I would get that question right, honestly. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Same. That 
that's so interesting to me because like the way that it all shook out, right? Like to me, because Gwen wound up being like all the way in the front, it almost feels like she was designed to be like she was almost like, God, why does the word groomed have to have a negative connotation? Now? But like <laughs> almost as though like like someone had come in and like, like, on, a, like a, on, on like a corporate. Yeah, had engineered for her to be that way from the start. I, I, um, I think that's fair to think from this angle. But I think that like when we're I mean, I too was around and buying music at that time. Um, I think that like the rest of the album and their other music is, it's very clear that like she's, you know, ground floor. This was what she did. These, this was her band. I think that like, unfortunately, and, and we could talk about this more. I think that just a girl is the song for me that makes her feel engineered as opposed to like the other songs on, on a bunch of those albums, a bunch of albums that they did before and after, like all their music. I'm thinking, I, every time I think about No Doubt, to me, I just flash back to that Trapped in a Box video. Like that's just oh, like, man. my Trapped favorite thing. Trapped in a Box, so tremendous. That was, that was pre-Treasure Kingdom, yes. right? It was, that's yeah, their yeah, first yeah. album. So there's, yeah, there's, yes, they had like a really interesting... I mean, interesting in some ways, like Tragic Kingdom, so aptly named because they like no doubt really has a tragic backstory. Yes, because like their original lineup, like the three members that are really sort of um, important for the the conversation about them as a band are um, Gwen, obviously her brother Eric, and John Spence, um, who was sort of like the original guy who was going to be the singer and was I think kind of meant to be the lead, and you know, content warning for self harm, but like he commits suicide. And they have are like completely reeling. And and the thing about No Doubt is that they were around for a really, really long time as a band. And Eric Stefani was around and like kind of left or right around the 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 um the Tragic Kingdom era. And by the time they were like out and touring with it, he was gone. But even the other two, um, or other three, I guess, so like um Tony Canal was the bassist. He came in pretty early on, and then Tom Dumont was in a metal band, and all the metal people in his community were interested in like drinking and getting laid. And he was a he wanted to be a serious musician; that was his goal. And he felt that the people in No Doubt were serious, which is again like not a thing that maybe necessarily on first blush you would guess about them. And then they brought in Adrian Young pretty shortly after that, who's the the drummer. And Adrian Young, in my opinion, like the way that Trey Cool got all this play as a drummer, like in Green Day, I remember like people really loved Trey Cool and they're like, he was the turning point for Green Day. And like they didn't really have like a, that great back, that backbeat until like you get to like Dookie and everything after that. Um, I feel the same way about Adrian Young. I think that he's such, him and Tony are such the lifeblood of that band, right? Like that backbeat that they have is so good. Um, and then Tom Dumont has that little metal sensibility. But even then, like all of those gang were buds and in a band for years and years and years. Um, and then it like failed with the, the, the first album because it came out in 1992 and was poppy and was very ska infused. And, you know, meanwhile, bam, ba down, like how are you ever like, there's no, there's no room for both of those in 1992, right? But once you get to like 95, 96, the world's very different. And there's room for Tragic Kingdom and there's room for 
Butch Vig still because he has architected the sound of the '90s, <laughs> and there's so and therefore there's room for for Shirley Manson, of course. Because I think that how for, could there not be for garbage though? Like even just that first self-titled album, like that could have come out much earlier and done well still. Like their sure, sound is much sure. grungier and much more like I don't want to say raw because I I I'm not trying to take away from all of the you know, the, the authenticity of the early no doubt stuff at all, but like, it just, it, it cuts to the quick in that way. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Cause like, uh, Butch Vig very famously, um, produced Nevermind and therefore a lot of the grunge movement sort of sounded like him and sounded like that album. But the thing about, Nirvana, both before and after that album, is that they were a lot more raw. That was kind yes. of the least raw they ever were. That was the That's more right. pro- that was like their most produced record. Um, but it still had a very specific sound. That's almost, I mean, I don't want to say electronic because that's more where garbage goes over time, but because they're like sampling and looping and stuff like that. Um, but you could see even then that like. Yeah, I mean, I think once Neverbind comes out, it's not going to be long after before Garbage could have, like, hit the scene. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny comparing the two because the, the narrative of No Doubt, especially during that the Tragic Kingdom era, is that they were, uh, that Gwen was taking all the attention versus uh, Shirley Manson. I remember the thing for them is that, like, she had to fight to be recognized for her contribution to the band because, like, the, you know, the the rest of the garbage, especially Butch Vig, were already, you know, well-known and, you know, respected. And everyone just kind of assumed that garbage was just, like, the, the person who read the lines. I mean, Shirley Manson was just the only, you know, just there to do what Butch Vig told her to do. And yeah. I, I remember she really did not like that. I, yeah, well, I wouldn't I do like not blame that her either. <laughs> like, yeah, that's very fair. Um, it's funny because I never felt that way about her. I knew that that yeah. was sort of the perception of her. I think it's interesting because I've read, I mean, I've watched a million interviews with Shirley Manson because I, you know, especially as a young person, I, really idol- I, I, I mean, I, I idolized her as a, as a kid and as an adult, I just really respect her, you know, like just to, to spoil where part of this conversation is going, like, it's inevitable that we're going to talk about the the directions that Gwen and Shirley's lives kind of took. But like Shirley Manson now in the 2020s, I look at her and I look at myself and I'm like, I still feel connected to her when she speaks (laughs) the things that she says. I still feel like, like, yes, like I feel like our, our mindset is, is very similar. Whereas like, she feels much more grounded. uh, She just, when she could, she she, for sure. Um, Gwen Stefani, I think, just went in such a, a vastly different direction in her life than I did. Yeah. Um, and therefore, you know, I don't feel that same connection to her at this stage in my life. Gwen, uh, uh, Shirley Manson herself has kind of talked about how it wasn't until really far into um, the career of Garbage that she felt confident about her lyric writing, about being a front woman. Like, it was really, really far in. Like, way after all of the, like, major part of the success, right? Because if you're judging garbage, it's really, like, first three albums, and then they kind of start to wane after that, I think, as far as, like, being, like, huge in the in the popular zeitgeist. Um, and it was after that that she finally, I think, started to feel free. When it didn't 
maybe matter as much when the eyes weren't constantly on her. I think she felt like she was able to sort of. Well, when people are no longer literally like talking shit about you and saying that you're (laughs) the useless part of a band, I'm sure that your self-esteem starts to get better when not as many people are going that direction. But I feel like, yeah, to, to kind of piggyback off of what you said, like at the time, like, I mean, I was thirsty for anything that she would say anywhere, magazines, MTV, whatever. I didn't care. Um, And it just that kind of attitude that I heard people espousing struck me as odd because I was like, if she really just was reading lines, it wouldn't feel as true as it does. And also they could easily replace her like that's like she doesn't feel replaceable when you listen to Definitely not that first album for sure, but the subsequent two albums either. If we want to just talk about the three, quote unquote. You know, I, I I know all this because I watched her behind the music in preparation for this, and she talks about all the you know the disrespect she got, and you know she, especially as her being the main lyricist, is that you know what she says. I don't know who wrote what because I know they all kind of shared it, but I don't know. Like I can't imagine garbage without Shirley Manson. Like that. Like shirley manson is so important like as a person like you couldn't get a shirley manson alike to do this like she did something very the thing is that like even though she didn't necessarily like think about what gwen stefani was like when gwen stefani was on the cover of like magazines and stuff like what were they talking about you know what i mean like what kind of topic of conversation to be honest with you i don't even remember here's what i do fucking remember Shirley Manson on the cover of Spin Magazine talking about mm-hmm. the fact that she had an STD and she didn't give a fuck if you liked it or not. And I was <laughs> like, no wonder the queer community loved her so much. Like, <laughs> of course. Like, and she was. She was a queer icon right from the start, right? Like, she just, it was so obvious that, like, why else would a straight person come out and have this conversation, right? Like, she had an agenda. She never fucking said it, but we all knew, right? That she was being like, why are we demonizing people for having a sexually transmitted disease of some kind. This is asinine. And like, she wasn't really talking about herself. I don't think she really felt like, I mean, I'm, I know I shouldn't speak for her, but like, I'm not sure that like, she was doing it just for you her. Can, I, yeah, you can, you can both use yourself anecdotally to then kind of imply something bigger, right? Like that's- And the that's the thing, right? Is that Shirley Manson, as a, a person who was speaking as a public figure, and also I do think as, as a lyricist and as a, a lead for a band had this, and I know this, I don't want to steal too much of your thunder, Vita, because I know this is part of your treatise on why you prefer Stupid Girl. He's very good at crafting uh, lyrics that can really speak to you, like no matter who you are almost, right? Like she's very good at that. I think that like, I mean, if we want to kind of get into that kind of stuff, um, I think that like, this is just between these two songs, right? Like when we talk about what we're talking about, right? The second, and then I'm sure we'll talk about other stuff, but like, if we're just looking at just a girl versus stupid girl, the, the feeling of vulnerability and, and revealing of self of stupid girl to me, it, that's what makes it universal, right? You can have your own specific experience, but you are opening yourself up and going, here's the human part of me. Right. These are these are my doubts and my pain and my, you know, like the the what other people say about me and how that affects me. Um, and it, it's a very like what's the I'm trying to think of a way that's not gross to say this. Right. But like a very I want to say skinless, but that's not true, but very tender, not in a like woo way, but in a like 
here's the tender part of me. You could tear it apart, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Um, whereas with Just a Girl, No Shade, again, I do love that song. That felt really crafted to be an anthem, which is fine. That's fine. But it doesn't feel like something that is vulnerable and raw and like specific to that person, right? To Gwen Stefani. Whereas like, if we were comparing it to Don't Speak, that'd be a different conversation that we're having, right? But like, Just a Girl specifically versus Stupid Girl, like somebody engineered Just a Girl and it was brilliant. That's that's a, it will be played at every March where people are wearing pussy hats for the rest of eternity, right? <laughs> Got them. That is actually it's 100% true though. Accurate. It's true. You're and not it, wrong. You're not wrong. Whereas Stupid Girl, like Just a Girl Boss. Oh, a hundred and ten. A hundred and ten percent. Like, let me tell you. I was. I've been thinking that the entire time. And I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> yeah, I had the opening. <laughs> but like you know, when you listen to Stupid Girl, that feels something that it, intimate. That's the word I'm looking for. It feels very intimate, and not just because of the tempo of the song itself. It's something very intimate about the way that Garbage and Shirley specifically is talking to you. Where I'm like, I'll connect with that. Like, you know, I resisted um, making this an episode for a very long time because to me, these are like exact. Like, I don't associate these two songs at all. I always associated Garbage and No Doubt, but these two specific songs, they they feel like exact opposites to me. I like, like it though because like they're inversions of each other. Yeah, they feel like let's talk about. Things can be opposite, but still affect people like at a hundred percent. Right. So like, if this is the thing that like Lena felt and I, and I was like, oh, that is an interesting comparison that you feel like these two things affected me for very different reasons. I think that's an interesting reason to, to talk about yeah. them. But like, yes. I, I understand why you would be like, they're not the same. Why are we comparing these yeah. two things? Yeah, so here's what I would say. Like what I remember about these two songs, as far as what their meaning is, and part of this will, is also going to be informed about how I felt about them now for the last 25 years or whatever. Good God. Um, <laughs> but Stupid Girl is, on first blush, it seems to be something that's like challenging other women who are wasting their time in some manner or other, like somehow like behaving in a way that's like not befitting a woman or something. Like just that idea of like like you're a woman, you have these things in your life that you could be doing, but you're like being stupid. Um, and as time has gone on, but I, and more listens I got, I realized that it's also kind of like a little bit dealing with that internalized feeling of feeling like a stupid girl yourself. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, ja- that's what it felt like to me from, yeah, from the start where it's like, she's talking to herself. It didn't occur to me until I started doing research for this episode that this might could be interpreted as anything but self-directed, honestly. But a lot of people do think that it's anti-woman and it absolutely isn't. I think like you have to understand that like when a woman is having a conversation about this lyrically in a public way, it's about challenging what it means to be a woman and that you can't do that without challenging yourself first. Right. Like that's a starting place. And I think that just a girl by comparison kind of has a duality also. Right. Because I do actually think of this song now with hindsight as being very specific to Gwen. And the reason why I think that is because yes, absolutely. Um, it is about how she was feeling specifically as being one of the very few women um, in the ska movement um, and being frustrated and like, especially because she was in a band with her brother and there was a rule 
like when she and Tony Canal dated, it was kept a secret for a long time because the rule was no one's allowed to date Gwen. Right. That's got to be because of Eric Stefani. Right. Like because her brother was in the band. Like what other reason could there be? I mean, it's also an it could have been an image thing. Like people are going to want to date you. That's part of the appeal of you. So don't let people but know there, that you're not available, which is gross. Like, I'm not saying it is that that's everything that's about like any possibility is, is a bad one. And I think that so there's this part, right, which is like the direct thing, just a girl and like feeling weak. But if you look at Tragic Kingdom and if you look at the trajectory of Gwen Stefani's life, right, like I think you can also see in the lyrics of Just a Girl and the way that it is, in fact, actually an empowerment anthem, the fact that she realized that she had the ability to use the way people saw her to flip the script and dominate, which is a thing that some women do. And I feel like you can see that in the lyrics and you can absolutely see that in the music video, right? Like, there's just something about... And then the longevity of her as a person, right? Because, like, no doubt is not really a thing anymore, but... Gwen Stefani's on TV all the time, right? Like she's on The Voice. She's a she's still like out there. That, she's still on red carpets. Like I don't know that she's relevant in the same way, but she's you know she's still like a fashion mogul. Like this woman has like had far-reaching power. She's a, she's an absolute powerhouse as far as not just music in long term, but also like fashion, which is enormous, right? Like that's just. To I me, mean, like, that's a complicated kind of thing that involves <laughs> appropriation and a bunch of other stuff. Absolutely. actually then makes like it doesn't inauthenticate any of the things that she was talking about at the time in that song. But it does flavor that a little bit like when you look back and you're like, that's who you are. But like mm. but that is but that is in fact. But that I mean, I agree with you completely. But that is that is sort of the dark side of flipping the script. Right. Being like, Absolutely. I'm going to play into your thing. And that's why I, it to me, it felt so particular to her because she does do that. And in some ways it's great and it benefits her. And and in some ways I think it speaks to a lot of people, but in other ways, yeah, like she does appropriate. She does take advantage. She does manipulate. Like that's and I'm a not side here of her to judge too. what I'm she's not, doing is, right this, now. That's this not, is not, <laughs> yes, we're not, nobody not here is going to like, I've um, joked many times about like how weird it felt. This person that I really loved so much in high school and like looked up to when she started dating Blake Shelton. I was like, what? Why? <laughs> But I'm an adult and it doesn't actually matter. Like the woman is allowed to marry who she wants to marry. Like, I don't, I don't That's, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the architect of her fucking life. Definitely not. I, I feel like for me, and again, it's hard to talk about because I don't want to, it like, I'm not trying to shit on that song. Like I really like, it's a good song. Like it's, It is a good song. But I think that when I'm listening and in preparation for this, I've listened to them a lot. <laughs> when I'm listening in to preparation them, for this, I've listened to them constantly over the course of 30 years. Yes, so. correct. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I feel like when I'm listening to Stupid Girl, like you were saying, like it is talking, it feels like a mirror, right? Like it feels like this person talking into a mirror, but also me looking into a mirror, even though I am not a girl, right? Um, and when I'm listening to, and this is not a bad thing, again, I'm just talking about why I connect to one over the other. Someone come at me. Don't, don't at me, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> when I listen to Just a Girl, it sounds like someone who, who had these legitimate feelings, but then was like, oh, wait, if I write this down and then shout it through a bullhorn, this is going to work for me. This is going to work for me. This is going to get me what, you know, what I want, which doesn't necessarily negate what you said. In fact, I feel like it's almost kind of connected to what you said, but Again, there's nothing wrong with that, but I just feel like 
there is something to speaking about your experiences, right? They're both speaking about their own experiences, but speaking about your experiences in, in an intimate way and in a vulnerable way um, without the armor, right? Like, I feel like just a girl has armor, which is fine. Do you? Um, but without it, that really, I connect to personally when I'm listening to music in general, right? Like I listen to a lot of music. I love music. I, from the most poppy pop stuff all the way down to like weird stuff that you can only get on a corner in New York, right? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not judging what people like. There is something about that intimacy and that vulnerability um, that like, like, like we said, like people use that against Shirley Manson in a very real way. Like you open yourself up and then people tear into you and you're like, here I am. Okay. I'm bleeding. I'm going to keep going. That, that shit just appeals to me. Man. I'm just really super into it. Also like not for nothing, but Shirley Manson was grungy and hot. That definitely <laughs> that's in there. My brain. I mean, Gwen Stefani is also beautiful. I'm not saying that she's not, but like, come on now. <laughs> they were both beautiful in their own way. They are, they, and they still are. They're still both beautiful, shining, complete human beings. Um, yes. But I was exactly. a very gay tween and teen at the time. And uh, there was just something about Garbage's sound and also just Shirley Manson herself where I was like, I might follow you to hell if you ask me to, actually. <laughs> that, that might be a thing I do. That's fair. I mean, I agree, you know. Um, I, I think when it boils down to it, right, if I'm going to tell you, like, what's the real number one reason? why I picked just a girl over stupid girl. It is because I like the structure of just a girl more. Just stupid girl to me kind of gets really repetitive, right? Yeah, it's it, got, it, yes. it drones and like, that's okay. Like a lot of that album has that quality to it. Like that's, yeah, that's why design, that album sure. is so great, right? Like that consistency of style, like that's such a cohesive record that like if I like put it on the record player, blast it and get high, like, oh man, like what a time I'm <laughs> what, gonna what, have. What like, stupid girl really has is the groove. It does. Oh, yeah. like, it really does. A, a lot of uh, a lot of garbage boom, songs boom, kicked boom. really hard, but like there was just a really smooth groove to Stupid Girl. It had the the clash drums in there and it was just a, a real mellow high for, <laughs> for, for comparatively for garbage, I mean. Yes. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yes. They just, the way that Just a Girl builds, man, like lyrically, the way that it builds musically. You have to scream it. Like you hear that, it and you're like, you're at the top of your lungs by the end. Like you're just I just, it's, this. it truly is an anthem. And yeah, I mean like this, it, this is one of those things where it's like, okay, from my side of the, of the trans non-binary spectrum, when I'm over here on my end of it, like I look at Gwen and I see this like just a girl is like I am putting on my makeup this way that I'm putting it on I'm dressing this particular way everything is hyper femme I don't give a fuck if you like it or not and like this is my battle armor yes and I and I always connected to that I still connect to that even though like my actual vibe is more that witchy Shirley Manson energy right like that's way more me um just that that sense, like that thing that I get off of that song, like the way that it makes me feel in the moment. Yeah, that's great. That's like, I, I, I love that. Like, I like this because you get to discuss those things, right? Like, I love that about that song, Stupid Girl, that it feels the opposite. I'm, 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 it's the end of the night. I'm wiping off my makeup. 
this is the stupid bitch in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like this is who I am without any any armor and artifice. But like both are very useful and necessary, I think. I really liked the way, like the more I think about it, the more I can really make a case for Just a Girl, even though it's never been one of my favorite songs. Like it's very clever. Yes. Like, because Gwen Stefani, is, you know, she wasn't Courtney Love or anything. She was like the cupie doll voice and the, you know, skinny waif type girl. And she put it on and she just played it up and wrote this amazingly sarcastic song about what a weak little damsel she is. And she like it, kicks the shit out of you. <laughs> yes. It's genius. I, she's really, I mean, it's, it's so smart. It blows me away. Let me say something about Tragic Kingdom, just like, so people know, like, because maybe you weren't alive at the time. Maybe you don't understand. Like, this was a band that was constantly working. They were all over the place. But, like, they were really big in Southern California. When they tried to make it big the first time, like, they just, it flopped. That first album only sold, like, 30,000 records. Like, part of that was the sound. But, like, it also was that they hadn't quite figured it out yet. And they did this completely independent thing called Beacon Street Collection, which I love. And you can really kind of see a little bit of what they're doing both in the sense that there's a song on there called Open the Gate, which, by the way, is my favorite No Doubt song. If you've never heard Open the Gate, I love that song so much. If I had to pick one, that's probably that one. But you can really see that Beacon Street is a little bit more raw, like we were talking about, and like also they're playing with so many different sounds. Tragic Kingdom, which we'll sort of, I guess, talk about this in the, in the four questions, um, whether or not it would still have been what it was without Just a Girl or not. But it was so big that when they started touring, they didn't know how big it was going to be. They were doing a regular tour. Do you know how how long they toured this album for? 26 months. Oh, my God. (laughs) Over two years they were doing stuff. And, like, they kept having singles come out of it. I remember. like... Because yes, you had Just a Girl, but then there was Spider Webs and 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 Don't Speak. But also, I, I'm pretty sure that Excuse Me, Mister, and Sunday Morning, I think, may have even gotten a music video. Like Sunday it Morning, is, definitely. Them, yeah. I'm pretty sure Excuse Me, Mister, also had a video. So like they they just kept having more and more. It was kind of like it makes me think of like Bush's Sixteen Stone in a way, right? Like it just had kept this building. longevity. Yeah. Like it just kept going. Like every time you thought it was done. They're like, here's here's another one. I literally, I remember like I bought a, a CD-ROM magazine once just because they, I think the Excuse Me Mr. video was on it and it was like before they even had it on MTV and like there were all these video interviews with them and stuff. Like they were really on the bleeding edge as a band, yeah. right? Like they, re- like, I don't you know. You said like, CD-ROM and my whole body flashed back. <laughs> like, I'm seeing things in po- like Polygon, Porygon. Like, ooh, when you say to- CD-ROM magazine, you mean that was the actual name of a magazine? No, I forget. No, it could have been. I forget. I wish I could remember. I wish I, somewhere probably in my parents' house, it might even still okay, be you may a- not, around. That may not what may not be what you meant, but there was in fact a CD-ROM magazine. It looks like there were several. Oh, maybe it was. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. I'm old and don't remember things. But I, I will say, um, boy, com- 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 complicatedly, I suppose, when I listen to Just a Girl, that feels, honestly, like even though it, it, it kind of is of its time, I don't know, man, that song feels timeless to me. Like that song just feels forever, absolutely forever. I don't think Aware. it's. I don't think it's of its time. In I, I think it has a staying power because there will always be that 
feeling, unfortunately, right? Like, and, yeah, and I, and I, but I think also the fact that Tragic Kingdom is a record, like, was them playing with so many genres. And this really, to me, for the most part, like, we hadn't really hit, like, peak appropriation yet. Like, that no. had not, like, we were not, we weren't at fucking Rocksteady yet. Like, it had not happened yet. Like, <laughs> That's a whole other kettle of fish. But the point is that, like, because they were experimenting with sound so much, um, that album still feels, I think, in a, a lot of the songs under still feel really fresh. Um, the thing about Stupid Girl and that entire self-titled garbage album is that, like, I love it because when I listen to it, I am transported to the mid-90s. Like, I can feel my 40-something-year-old self connecting to teenage me like it's like we're communing when i listen to that album which is amazing for me but like i don't know what that means for like how like how do people well, like, the 90s listen- are back so like, that, let's, that is true that's not even that, play <laughs> that's right that's right that's right but like for a long time i wonder how people would have reacted to that album like if you were like talking to like 2000s and the 2010s like how would people have felt about that album because it is it, it is the butch vig blueprint era sound regardless of the the specifics of the sound i think that that first album and the second one and the third one uh, <laughs> i think <laughs> correct, that correct, there correct. there is something there that is timeless as well like i think and it's not necessarily the construction uh, the pr- production of the specific songs or anything like that i think that it is in this sharing of the self. And I think that like, that is actually missing in some of the songs in the subsequent, like the second and third album that are much more clearly like, this is going to be a music video. This is what we're going to do with this. But when you listen to, I mean, when you go listen to queer right now, just go like that. It's not just you going back in time. Like, right. You're like, Oh, this has something to say right now. Like sure does. It sure does. Um, or, or, you know, only happy when it rains, right? Like that's, (laughs) you put that on and people go, Dang, like, Holy smokes. Um, I think that it might be true that there is less that sounds like that right now in terms of the zeitgeist. Like, I think that's true, but I don't think that that means that it is trapped in amber, if that makes sense. Um, I can't speak to other people. I just have that feeling, but like I'm pure vibes. So (laughs) yeah, if you, if you wanted me to guess which songs of theirs would like, make the most sense if it were brand new would still be a hit i would say don't speak and i would say only happy when it rains from those albums like, yeah 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 I was oh, from say, their careers from basically wow really oh, i think beautiful ooh, garbage has ooh. a lot that would sound kind of in place now as well there was a lot more electronic stuff going on there though some of it you could not do again today but you could listen to it today for the first time and be like this is actually pretty rocking like i think push it is yeah. not a thing you could do again but the mm-hmm. fact that it was done and it exists, brand new people can discover that and go, what? Is wait, wait why can't you do Push It now? Why I not? don't think it will work in the same way. Oh my God. I really don't. Push, it, Push It is in my top five favorite songs of theirs. Like, I, I, same. I'm obsessed. With, I remember seeing the music video for that for the first time and falling out of my goddamn chair. Like I think that, this, that at the end when she pulls the off time, the mask though. and it's her underneath and you're like, the thing is the first time I watched it, like I was like, Oh God, like just let it be her under the mask. It has to be her <laughs> under the mask. It has to be under the mask. And it is. And you're like, yes, I don't know why. That, like now in the modern day, it doesn't matter. But at the time, like, because <laughs> she was, so you know what it was? It's because, oh, oh my God, I understand now because in all the scenes prior, it's, 
you, it appears to be a man in a suit, right? Now, I'm assuming it probably was. But then when the thing that's covering the face and covering the identity, the truth underneath it is that it's this woman, Shirley Manson. And I was like... She was sending us messages. She I, had that, I had that, that Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> once upon a time in Hollywood <laughs> memes thing going on, you know? I feel that like... the one, bro. But that video feels... And this is not shade because this is my truth, right? That video feels like you have to watch it from a VHS that you taped off of, not even MTV, but VH1 at three o'clock in the morning. That's that, that's that, mi- that's that minority report. Steven Spielberg actually like destroyed the film to make it look a certain type of way. Yeah, sort of video. Like, I think they actually yeah. did. In fact, I think they we, actually which, did which video we're talking about the stupid for girl push video it? Push I know, for push it. it. I think they did. Oh no, they think they did with Supergirl. You're right. They yeah, did, they did literally, literally do that. They took the film, damaged it, and then refilmed it with uh, all the actual film damage Beautiful. for the stupid girl video. It's so like, which it's a it's an amazing video and it's an amazingly 1996 looking video. It, it sure but, is. In the best way. Right? <laughs> <laughs> not not at all shady. I I mean not no disrespect to the Just a Girl video, which is also pretty iconic. I love that music video. I love it because they break down the walls at the end, right? Yeah. But you know what? This is in the bathroom. Like there you go. Like this is a little shady, but like okay. I like it still. But the Just a Girl video feels like if you went to karaoke, that would be the video playing in the karaoke place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, now I'm trying to judge how much I think that like the karaoke video creating people are influenced <laughs> by the guy that did like Basket Case and I forget what else. So, like he did like a ton of iconic videos from that time and I'm trying to think what else he did but I know he did Just a Girl. I know he did Basket Case. I think he might have done a couple of Green Day videos. Um, it but- feels very that and that's fine. I'm Again, that's a little shady but like Hey, it works. Whereas Supergirl feels like you have to discover it like the ring video. Like <laughs> you put it in, it's like seven days. And then in seven days, you just become Shirley Manson. It, which, well, great. I should, I better watch that video again um, and keep going because I feel like we've had this conversation. I think I may have even said it on the podcast, but when I was a kid, I, um, I stole a black goth prom dress and I and like this, so this would have been like my junior year, I think, of high school, and I wore it every night and prayed that I would turn into Shirley Manson. That's the truth. I was like, I wanted to be friends with Gwen Stefani. I desperately wanted to be Shirley Manson more than anything in the world. And now your style is that. That's so correct. It That's correct. It, it took many. It took many decades to arrive, but I do feel like I am closer to being Shirley Manson than I have ever been. Um, but yeah. Uh, what? Gosh, I had like all kinds of things that I wanted to ask. Okay, I have a question for you. Um, what is a track off of either album that you love and you wish more people would like really like listen to a couple times and appreciate? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I want to say "Dog New Tricks." There's a that that riff on that song rips. It's great. That's great. I have a follow up question then based on that answer. Um, oh, okay. So my follow-up question is going to be, um, between the three song run of Spiderwebs, Excuse Me, Mister, and Just a Girl, and Vow, Stupid Girl, and Dog New Tricks, which is the better three song run? Jesus. Oh, come on. God damn. Come on. <laughs> come on. Uh. God damn, Lena. What the yeah, fuck? That's, that's How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I would I, th- I think I would go with garbage. 
it's tough, man. It is it's tough, really but I hard agree. because like, <sighs> oh, bro, like, but like, come, I like spiderwebs and, and excuse me. I know. Mr. I love, I love spiderwebs. Amazing. And I love, excuse me, mister, especially like that. About to crash. Like that weird, like thing in the middle where it's like in the music video, it's like it's all of a sudden like a, like a black and white silent film and like she's being tied to the tracks and everything. Like I always, I just thought that was so interesting musically and the way that they realized it visually for the video. Like, excuse me, mister is, is on my list of like, why don't more people think that this is like easily one of the best tracks on this whole record? Because they had so many other singles that played for long, a long time. Like, you know what it is? You know what it is? The reason I would choose garbage in this case is because I am much more often in a mood that is (laughs) song than I am in a mood. Like I'll listen to those no doubt songs, but like sometimes, you know, like 75% of the times I'm in garbage mode. I'm a, that's just who I am. So am I. Are we always talking about the band again? (laughs) That's where we live. (laughs) Boom. Yeah. 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 You really are an Oscar the Grouch, aren't you? (laughs) <laughs> yes. That was a hard one. Um, I don't know what was popular off of the first album, the garbage self-titled album, because well, I right, was so like queer 11. only. Okay. So queer only happened when it rains. Um, I would say stupid girl, obviously, but also like Val was really big. I was obsessed queer. with super vixen. Like, oh, ah, yeah. I'm obsessed. Great. I just love that moment. Like, where all of a sudden there's no music and then it comes right back yes. in again. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I remember hearing that for the first time. Yeah. Like it's that and as heaven is wide, I think is probably yes. my Yes, yes, yes. It's hard to pick. That's if I had to pick one off of that album that I don't think it is gets enough love as heaven is wide was like one of my go-to tracks. I have a problem in that for those first 3 albums, every song I'm like, "No, but this one is the best." No, but this one is the best. It's just whatever I'm listening to. I'm like, yes, this is the one. This is the one that's that's going to change my life today. <laughs> I, I think it's just, all right, so here's the thing. As Heaven is Wide is my answer because it has a lyric, if flesh could crawl, my skin would fall from off my bones and run away from here. That is a feeling that I am well acquainted with. As far from God as heaven is wide, as far from God as angels can fly. That's Especially at the I was time. Like, I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. That's it. Yep, that's that's dysphoria. Got it. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't want to say that it's the universal experience, but it definitely is, definitely, is a piece yeah, yeah, of like, this dysphoric experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, not every trans person has dysphoria, right, but exactly. like, I most assuredly did, Ben. So, like, yeah, I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, do you, have, do you have one off of um, Tragic Kingdom? That I wish more people would listen to. I feel like that album was, like, everyone just listened to. Oh, I don't agree with that at all. No, I don't know. I don't know, because when I was listening to it, both of these albums were not skip tracks. Like there were no skip tracks. There were repeat tracks where I had to go back and listen to one song before I finished the album. Oh, through. I definitely, <laughs> like, I definitely have tracks that I still skip off of Tragic Kingdom. Yeah. Even though we were close in age, there was just something about like, it felt blasphemous to me at the time. Not anymore. Cause now Spotify is totally fucked me up. But like, <laughs> I was like, you just have to listen to the whole thing through. They, I remember being 10 or 11, when I was allowed to buy my own music, uh, which was a mistake, they made a mistake to let me buy just whatever I wanted. And I was like, these people worked so hard on this. So we have to listen to the whole thing. This is what we do. And that just made a lot of things grow on me that were probably very strange. And very weird. The climb. I love the climb. It's weird. Cause that's an Eric Stefani song. Like it's just, was just him. 
And I love that it's like in the midst of all this other stuff they do, like there's like a disco track on here called You, called you Can Do It. <laughs> this is just straight up disco pastiche. And at the time I hated it because that was peak like disco bad. Oh, era right like that time when people hated disco like yeah, now, well, that's, now i appreciate that's funny it because like two years later it would be completely opposite i know but like it was still right at that time when people did not like disco so um, you speaking of a very specific kind of people right now i'm aware it was, that was very mainstream no it was a mainstream opinion yes the mainstream yeah. <laughs> we're talking about white people right now because I'm we so, are not i'm sorry about. that i wasn't cool enough Okay, you I'm broke sorry. New Jersey. It's fine. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, wow. I've done a lot of research on the disco backlash. There Did were you know I was from New Jersey? That's the first time in any episode where someone has brought up that I'm in, from New Jersey. That's not me. <laughs> you did it. I was born you, in New York City, so, you know. You fucking did that. How dare you? Um, sorry to interrupt. You were saying... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Todd, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, it's like, I have done a lot of research on the disco backlash and there was a pretty sizable black backlash to disco. It was like that sellout funk for white people was No, that was the that was like a huge thing that was pushed by white like disc jockeys yeah. and white like I'm not saying like the government not that high but like <laughs> I'm saying that that was a narrative that was spun by white people literally burning like albums. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yes. I'm not denying that there was an extremely white overcurrent about this i'm gonna start using that word overcurrent. overcurrent that's a good yeah. way to put it. yeah that's a good way to put it that's that's I'm putting that right in here that's in the left yeah I, I was gonna say undercurrent but uh then you did that was it. like that's not wrong that was like that's not right that's <laughs> well anyway we're off topic of yeah, 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 90s yeah. alt rock chicks it's fine yes i would yeah. say uh the, the, climb I, the, the climb i like just because it's very like it almost feels like it could be off of like a like a 1970s concept record <laughs> And it's got like that 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 um uh strawberry fields like organ sound, which also appears on the um the garbage self titled. Like they both use that sound, uh, which is really interesting because they are very different records. I I like some of the slower numbers that don't get a lot of play, right? Because like people focus on um don't speak, of course, but like I think the climb is great. I love ended on this and not super up-tempo is Tragic Kingdom itself, yep. a song that absolutely fucking rips. Yeah. I don't know. If I, if I were to pick a non-single, it would be Hey You. Oh, that's uh, a good one. That is a really good one. I can't remember if 16 was a single. I like how, like, heavy that is. I can't remember either. I don't I think it's time for the three questions. The four questions. Oh, right. I keep forgetting it's four now. There's four. And the, the mega question has never been more essential. Yes. Critically important. Um, all right. So after we talk and talk and talk and blab and, and Fair. flap, flap, flap our gums, um, we do eventually use these questions to sort of firm up all the, the arguments to make it so it all makes sense. Uh, question number one is one of historical importance. We're going to keep one song. Other song going to be lost to time forever. It will almost be as though it never existed. You can never listen to it again. For the culture, Vita. For the culture. Which song has to stay? I'm going to go with Stupid Girl. I am. I know. I know. I know that sounds strange. And I, and I get that. For the culture? For the culture. I am going to go with that. 
because that was something that the people that I hung out with at the time and further on, right? Like I spent a lot of time on St. Mark's, uh, (laughs) that, that kind of vibe, like brought us together. And I feel like that some of the friends that I made back then are friends that like, even though we don't talk to each other every day, like that is so deep and real. Um, whereas like just a girl is incredibly fun and all of these other things that we've discussed I resisted putting this episode up, you know, doing this episode. I already said that part of the reason why it was like just so obvious to me that just a girl like dwarfs stupid girl in importance, like so obviously, like if you didn't have stupid girl, you would still have the rest of that album. And that would be pretty solid. There is no other just a girl in the no doubt catalog. There's not another just a girl that anyone has ever made. It is just such a singular, unique song. Like even other, forgive me, girl power anthems. They they don't re- <laughs> they don't sound like just a girl. They don't take the same tactic that just a girl does. Uh, there's just nothing like it. I can't imagine like the the entire '90s is completely different without it. And and you know what? Like no doubt is like like a good big transition point between like the very colorful late '90s and the grungier alt rock early '90s. Like it feels like we wouldn't have a lot without no doubt. And we wouldn't have no doubt without just a girl. I, that's a wonderful argument for that. Yeah. I have nothing to add. Todd's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's it, man. Like I just don't even know what else to say. I just, I truly don't know what the, maybe the world is the, the argument that the world's better without just a girl. I don't think that's right. No, um, absolutely no. not. I just, I think the world just isn't the world without it. It's just one of those songs that even though it's very much kind of from that time, I just, I'm like, man, how did we live without that song? Like, that <laughs> well, song is just so, it's just. You know what song that I would listen to more, but still got me that hype in the similar vein is You Ought to Know. Like, I'm not saying it's the same song, but like we do have like a, a that's more to the, again, the grungier, angrier. For very side. different songs. They have very similar energies. But they, yeah, that exactly. Like the vibe. All right. Question number two, you can be a fly on the wall. You can experience from soup to nuts, from start to finish, the creation of one and only one of these songs that would include the music video, should you so wish. This is a great opportunity to talk more about the music video if you desire. Which one of these songs do you really want to experience the entire, like, how the sausage is made process of? I think it's going to be Just a Girl again. I don't know. It's a very interestingly made song just a girl is like i've like i said i've never quite vibe with it it's a little too herky-jerky to me but it's like very special and also no doubt was just like a roiling ball of drama during this time right. so that would also be fun that yeah that is a hard one because i'm i'm really interested to see how they put that song together i again i'm gonna skip, stick to my guns and say stupid girl just because i the music video to me is also really interesting and i like i like the whole process like i'd love to see the conception of the song and the conception of the video and then the implementation of all that stuff. Like, I feel like if I had to listen to just a girl on loop for that long, for this whole process, I would lose my mind, but stupid girl, I could just listen to forever. It's fine. <laughs> like I wouldn't get yeah. tired of it. Yeah. I mean like it's, I think it's, there's an argument to be made that like how cool must it have been to like see the creation of that song, right? Like to get a, a, a stupid girl just because like, 
Butch Vig is Butch Vig and like everybody in that band is, is pretty important was then and, and certainly is now like wouldn't it be interesting to see like literally the production of that um but I don't know man I'm the drama baby I just like I yeah it makes like, it really it just, you, you can't <laughs> I just like how there's so many songs from that era of no doubt that like I just want to have a camera on Tony Canal's face being like, God damn, could you just I'm just trying to live like you wanted to date. (laughs) We dated for seven years and now I am tired. And I just want, I just want to go home. We have just been on for 26 know, yeah, yeah. Like, like I like playing bass. I like being a, a living, breathing soul of my own volition and identity. <laughs> I just, I'm putting words in Tony Canal's mouth a little bit, but like it does. I always got that vibe that the, that, that the man was tired. <laughs> you look, he, you know, it's, he appeared it, tired. it's very funny. Cause I, I also watched the no doubt behind the music. And Gwen was like, he's like, yeah, being Tony on that tour was, uh, not great for him because I I just destroyed him on stage every single night because I was <sighs> still very angry. <sighs> yeah, that drama <laughs> does make it appealing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't lie. I want that. I want that so oh, bad. Anyway, it's so right. messy. Yep, delicious. That's awful. Um, but yes. Okay, question number three, and maybe maybe this for this particular episode the most important. Um, Megan the Stallion, she's gonna get up to a night hot girl shit. Before she leaves, she's gotta make a playlist. She's gotta listen to that playlist. It's gonna include one and only one of these two songs, now and forever, Vita. Oh, which one of which one of these songs is hot girl shit? It's it's just a girl. Like there's no way <laughs> you can't you can't start with stupid girl at the beginning of the night. And if you do, you're having a very specific kind of night. And I'm not sure it's hot girl shit. So like, I, it's gotta be just a girl. Absolutely. I don't know. Like, I think you could uh, drain the the self loathing aspect out of "Stupid Girl," and you can just that can just be a very pissed off song. I think Megan could vibe to that if she were in a certain kind of mood. It's not what I would pick, but it's possible. You know, what? I could see her being like, "I'm ready for a mosh pit right now. I gotta get yeah. in the mood. Like, I just <laughs> absolutely." But I will say, like, just think about like um, you could sample some of "Just a Girl" and like rap over it. You could. You could 100 percent do that. That oh, yeah. almost that almost seems like more like a thing that Nikki would do. But I'm game to have Meg outdo <laughs> Nikki any day of the week. I'm happy for her to take a take a stab at that. That sounds good to me. Like would love for Meg to try and like sample that song and like create something out of it. I bet you she could create something outstanding. Ten out of ten type of song. To be fair, she could do that for many songs. I think she could for, do it for, for Stupid sure, Girl but, too. But I feel yeah yeah yeah. Actually, you know she what? could rock that. It's true. I think you're not wrong. But just a girl. Yeah. Like to sample that song, I think that would be great. Anyway, all right. Yeah. Question number four, and despite <laughs> the fact that he keeps trying to make it so I can't do these questions anymore, William Shatner, pain in my ass, uh, <laughs> bad tweeter, person who wants me to believe that he cares about Star Trek beyond a paycheck, but I am not a fool. <laughs> um, actor, uh, equestrian, equestrian. Singer? We're gonna let him have it. Um, I like his musical career. Sorry, Bill, you can't make me hate you. Um, he's gonna do a William Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. Again, now and forever. Vita, which one of these songs must be shat upon? Oh, I Stupid Girl would be incredible. Like that. Oh yeah. I I can already I know what Just a Girl would sound like, but Stupid Girl, I I that I wanna hear. 
that I would pay actual money to hear. <laughs> As always, any any time I feel like William Shatner is going to do like the the like the creepy intense or like the like in a tuxedo with the bow tie undone smoking a cigarette. Like if I get a vibe of like one or both at the same time, that's usually the winner for me. And Stupid Girl has got that all over. So that definitely it wins for me, Stupid Girl. Really? I went yes. just a girl on this one real hard. Like All right. That sounds hilarious. Yes, it's you want to hear Bill Shiner be like, take this pink rimmet off my <laughs> eyes. The, to me, this is a it's too hilarious. All, it's hilarious all the way through. In fact, like if Bill had already done this, I would not be surprised, honestly. Like Same. Yes, yeah. it would be it, it would be in fact no big surprise. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like too, it's like two on the nose. Somehow I feel like me. Supergirl would also be hilarious. I feel like it would be insane. Like whatever he did with that would just be off the wall. You'd just be like, am I transcending to another dimension right now? <laughs> like, what is going on? Um, you can't go wrong, actually, with this question for these two songs. Either one's going to be a trip. <laughs> that's that's true. That's that the, be- that's the beauty of the question. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, two things before we do the next part, because one, I felt like I wish that I could like slot it into a different place. But something that I, I there's this track that I really don't like off of Tragic Kingdom. And I think it's very interesting to bring up because I feel like it sort of says something about like the one downside of No Doubt, which is when they are kind of impersonal about things. And that song is called Different People. You know, I was just looking at the track list. I don't remember it. I don't remember it either. <laughs> it's amazing because if you buy the record, and by the way, the the record of this is not a good release. It's se- there's seven songs on each side, and so it's it sounds really muted and not good. It's just not a good pressing of that album. Um, but the the thing that comes with all the lyrics, the little in the little sheet, the little liner notes, doesn't even have different people listed on there, which is pretty wild to me because of two reasons. One, it is the first song Gwen Stefani ever wrote. (laughs) And two, it was the first track on the Barack Obama 2012 re-election soundtrack. What? If you look at the lyrics to different people, you will know why. It is the most generic, all people good Type of it is a it is a song for a made for a politician, absolutely made for a politician. Like literally, there's a lyric that's just like, "Look at me, I'm a person." That's that's a lyric of the song. It's terrible. It's a it's truly like it's the worst song I think they've ever done. Um, and it's funny to me because like Gwen is now very proud of it because of the Obama connect. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, like, it's- listen, she would have voted for Obama a third time if she could. <laughs> that hurts too much because it's correct anyway um and the other thing that was in fact about the record so like if you were gonna buy because i people who follow me on twitter know that i buy a lot of things on record now um a hundred percent if you were gonna buy one of these it's the it is the garbage self-titled and the reason why is because it's a double um record release it's 45 speed which means there's only three tracks per side which is a little pain because you have to like keep changing sides but like the quality, the sound quality you get is so good. It's one of the best records I own for that. So if you're thinking about it. Lena, I don't have money right now. Please. Yeah, word. I mean, like it's 2022 and people don't have cash. But like if you do, if so, if you're one of the if you're one of the happy few that actually has money to spend, um, garbage self-titled of the two of them. All right. Take it away, Todd. All right. 
Well, at the end of the show, we read our viewer comments to see what you guys thought about this particular matchup. So here we go. Starting with Joshua C. says, Considering that these are both masterpieces from these bands, I guess the tie would go to No Doubt because Gwen would sound better singing Garbage's songs than Shirley would sound singing stuff like Trapped in a Box. Huh. It's a weird metric, but I mean, like, oh. if you were going to use that metric, that is true. Oh, yeah, feel- it would be very strange for her to sing Trapped in a <laughs> yeah. Box. Yeah, I can't see uh, Shirley I Manson can't. singing Spiderwebs. No. I, and certainly yeah, not actually, the later No Doubt stuff. <laughs> I would. I, what if her accent came through on that song? Yeah. That'd be actually really. Cute. <laughs> I cannot imagine jamming to garbage songs sung by Gwen Stefani, though. Oh yeah, I don't know about all that. Although it's <laughs> it is a good get, the, the action, the accent thing's funny. You know, uh, one of the most interesting things about Stupid Girl is that she had to change the way she said the word "girl" because she, she says it's Scottish, which is "girl." I like girl. that. Girl. Girl. I wish they would live. I don't know, be. like her Scottish fans call her a sellout because she pronounced it the American way. Every uh, Scottish person that leaves Scotland gets exactly this treatment. She got it. Um, I'm sure Karen Gillan has got it. I'm, I know David Tennant and I know Craig Ferguson have got it. Every famous Scottish person not the, gets so scolded by, by Scotland. Peter Capaldi, maybe not. I think I feel like maybe he's, maybe he's ducked it, but like... For the most part, for some reason, like they're to- like you don't even have an accent. Meanwhile, like Shirley Manson's always talking like this all the time, and you're like, she's Scottish. How are you talking? But anyway, I dig. Yeah, she's as Scottish as the Proclaimers. Like she's anyway. very Scottish. Right. Daniel Schultz writes, "I don't care who wins. I'm just glad Lena finally got to do her episode." Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Tyler Crone writes, "Watching the music video for the first time, and the most prevalent thought I have is." In the Just a Girl video, is Gwen cosplaying as Lola Bunny? What's the timeline on that? I'm I'm pretty sure that 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 video came out before. I also like, I assumed that. Now I'm like, now is Lola Bunny myself. based on Gwen Stefani? Bro, <laughs> X Files theme, please. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, Juretics writes. I'm a garbage fan, but Stupid Girl often gets lost in my mental index of the singles, like. It's really sad, but when I first got the email for this poll, I thought to myself, why is Todd putting Gwen Stefani up against that awful cold song? Oh. You probably don't. Oh, you remember that cold song. It was like this like really terrible mid-W-era like w era, half-ass Nickelback kind of thing. Like, wanna hate you, wanna kill you, stupid girl. Yeah, that You that remember one, it. Oof, that one was a rough one, yes. All right. Callie Jupiter writes, just a girl might be a little pre-adolescent and it's watered down third wave feminism, but stupid girl seems mean spirited when I listen to it now. It gives off a whiff of not like other girls vibes. Like, see, like mm. I, it never Disagree, occurred to me. But, yeah. It never even occurred to me like that stupid girl w- was a reference to anything other than Shirley Manson herself. And it turns out it wasn't, it was like, she was legitimately angry at like a uh, showbiz phonies or some fucking thing. I would never have guessed. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed either. I guess right. it's what you bring to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, also just all the other garbage songs. Yes. I think I'm paranoid, queer, happy when it rains. All right. Hope Keeley writes, this is willfully misinterpreting the text, but just a girl is really cathartic to me as a gender queer person living with a dad who doesn't understand it. Totally valid. 
totally 100%, valid. hundred yeah. percent. Yes. You yeah. understand the assignment completely. <laughs> it's a, I, I, I do. Appreciate we, we are the, we are the Spider-Man like, gif we're the, or the Spider-Man meme. We're like everybody. Yes, that's it. You got it. I, 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 I'm glad they acknowledge that they are willfully misinterpreting the text there. <laughs> like you have to like ignore quite a bit of the, the song to make that work. It doesn't right. matter. No, I understand. I got right. you. I got you. Jacob Ailson writes, Shirley Manson is cooler than Gwen Stefani in every conceivable way. So I'm voting. So I'm voting for Gwen. I know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's going to be a tough one to beat. Very true. Very accurate. Okay. One, one last one. Robert Mischief writes, voting for anything except stupid girl. Surely you just. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and don't call me Shirley. Yes. All right. That leaves just one thing. The results. Vita, you are our guest. Who do you think won and by how much? Like I, by percentages. It's definitely just a girl. Like I understand I'm in the, in the minority here. Um, I would say that, I don't know, all these kids be listening. To this. <laughs> no. I would say just a girl by a 70-30-ish split. All right. Well, here's the actual results. For a total of 385 to 278, that is a 58-42 split. Our winner is, in fact, just a girl, which is a, it's a lot closer oh. than I thought it would be. Yeah, that's it's not, it's It's below a landslide. It's not a blowout. That's I mean, bad. we all love garbage that much. Even against such a juggernaut as Gwen Stefani, she that's can right. still she can still not embarrass her. I mean, that's fifty eight forty two. I feel like that's a fair split. That is correct. Yeah, and I think if there's one thing that uh, while we've got you, that Vita and I would <laughs> both agree is true. If you love garbage, and if this is something that this is a little fresh on you, you're just getting into them now. Welcome, be- be- beautiful garbage. Mm. Hmm. Third album. Live it, learn it, love it. That is. You will be live, laugh, love in that album for a very long time. Like that album is so underrated. It is so absolutely good. outstanding. Um, I love pretty much every track on it. I remember Same. obsessing over it. Um, and the videos are great too. Yeah. I might come back to that album at some point if we, if we go many more years. I don't know that, that like that's as in the popular zeitgeist as certain other things. Certainly like 2.0 is the garbage album I think most people think of, but like, man, Beautiful Garbage is so, so good. And it came out of a lot of, like, hardship, that one. But it's it's really amazing. Like, definitely check that out. And check out Beacon Street Collection. That's the album that came out right before Tragic Kingdom. And you can kind of see how they arrived. You can see the journey. And there's some really weird, interesting stuff that goes all over the place. Fun album. Anyway. Yeah. And also, whatever you chose, you were right because it's what you like. Yeah. <laughs> so That's like, right. This is great. Whatever you chose, you're not wrong. You, there's right. no there's no losers all right thank you all for listening i uh, hope you like that one our super size episode um if you like us more you can uh to- toss us a dollar on patreon and you get our bonus episodes we do one every month if you don't a lot of money you can help pick what we review every month uh this uh month we are doing uh the documentary the sparks brothers and we've done a whole lot of other wackier uh, vi- videos too. I mean, podcasts too. Sorry. Well, all that's left is to announce the next episode. You ready? Never. Ready? Right. What is it? All right. We are doing Rihanna's We Found Love 
versus Nicki Minaj's super bass. <laughs> well, considering the fact that I brought up Nicki earlier and maybe not the most favorable of terms, <laughs> we probably know which direction that the wind is blowing for me. But who could say? Yes. Did you? I don't remember that. We've been doing this for like five hours. <laughs> We're trapped right. in a box. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. See you then, everybody. See you next time.